Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. My name is Bryce Kuhn. This is Matthew Lang. We're back. Episode, what is it, 36, 37? Something sure. like that. Sure. <laughs> something like that. We're live from Cook's Hot Dogs today. It's October. The weather's a little bit cooler. Which about is time. About time. Especially here in the South. It's a lot better. Uh, but Matthew, we're going to be talking to a couple folks today. We're going to get into the first one here in a second. Um, as you get into the cooler months, college football starts to hit that conference slate, and we're starting to see more conference games. This weekend, we have some big primetime games we're going to talk about. But first off, real quick, before we get on the phone with our first guest, what's your favorite matchup you're excited to see this weekend? I mean, I think I, I, I definitely want to say LSU and Florida, just because top ten matchup, mm-hmm. seven versus five. I honestly think LSU is going to blow them out of the water, just because eight o'clock, Death Valley. I don't, not convinced by Florida's offense. I think their defense definitely bailed them out with Auburn's atrocious offense mm-hmm. this past Saturday. But I'm looking forward to the Oklahoma Texas matchup. Um, I think te- Texas can give them a fight. I think they got. A lot to play for. They're on, on a loss right now, so they don't have much wiggle room to lose any games. So I think I'm looking forward to that and see how Jalen Hurts kind of um, attributes to his Heisman race and uh, his candidacy for that. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. And I think the biggest thing you see with Jalen Hurts, Texas, I mean, that one's always a big game. I don't th- I think if LSU and Florida wasn't this weekend, then college game day's out there. I mean, that and game's awesome. And there's been awesome. some trash talk in that game oh, already. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's beautiful. Yeah, you yeah. got – the battle of DBUs over right, here exactly, for LSU, Florida, exactly. and then Texas, Oklahoma. Two quarterbacks that are really two different styles of play, but it's Joe been a Burleson lot of fun. Joe Burrow's in the Heisman race. I mean, you're looking, you're looking at a lot of these games, and there's guys that are trying to move up to the top of that. Yeah. Okay, who's in that top four race right now for that? Obviously, you got Jonathan Taylor at the top. But, you know, all these quarterbacks are during the race, like Tua, Joe Burrow, um, and Jalen Hurts. You're looking to see how they're going to respond in these top-tier matchups, and I'm really looking forward to see how Jalen Hurts, after all of the trash talk with the, some of the defensive backs from Texas. Oh, yeah. I'm interested to see how he's going to play. It's going to be a lot of fun. So and if he wins, good. and one thing is uh, we're going to go ahead and get Josh Mixon on yeah. the line now. Josh Mixon works with the Ledger Inquiry, covers Auburn. He actually got the chance to go to Gainesville this past weekend. Um, and he just, I talked to him and he just said it was an unreal environment. Just right. everything that you could imagine. Uh, but yeah, we're on now with Josh Mixon of the Ledger Inquiry. Josh, how you doing? Hey, Bryce, how's it going? Doing well, man. So, listen, we were just, you know, kind of talking about what this week looks like for Florida. But you were in Gainesville last weekend with Auburn, and we're going to get you talk a little bit about Auburn. Um, what went wrong, man? I mean, <laughs> I, know, I know the Swamp's a tough place to play. Auburn came in there with some high hopes. But just talk about what did this loss do to them for the rest of their season? Yeah, I mean, what didn't go wrong for being completely honest, um, it, it was a lot of things, and I, I kind of I talked about this with Thrift Barringer on Sports Business Radio yesterday. It was there's a few things. It was that it was fear in Gainesville, and I'll I'll start out just talking about that because I mean it was it was something else. Because so I mean I I have no qualms with saying that it was louder than any stadium I've been in so far, except maybe Death Valley um, in the 2015 LSU Alabama game. But yeah, I mean it was. It was pretty dang loud, and, and I, I went to Georgia Notre Dame this year, and I would argue very much that it was louder than that. Just, I mean, on the plays that, I mean, especially late when uh, Michael P. Ryan broke that 88-yard touchdown, I mean, you couldn't hear yourself think it was it was something else. It was, uh, I think, Mike Bianchi tweeted, this is what the Swamp used to sound like, and it was it was pretty clear that uh, it was it was a pretty special, pretty special atmosphere. It, in addition to the crowd, I mean, the crowd was a big factor. I hate that cliche, but it's just so true. I mean, if you watch the game, just how how poorly that offense handled the environment. Bo Nix could not get comfortable. He got hit, I think, on the first play of the game, or Auburn's first snap of the game. 
I really couldn't get comfortable after that. I missed a lot of easy throws. Um, but the same, I mean, yes, it, it's a demoralizing one if you're an Auburn fan because now you have the entire bye week to, you know, dwell on it, think the season's over, so on and so forth. But that was a very winnable game. And, you know, while Auburn probably could have lost that game by three scores, if Bo Nix doesn't stare down Anthony Schwartz in the end zone, Auburn probably takes the lead and wins that game. Yeah, Josh, I was talking to Bryce about that um, right before the show started and how, you know, that throw to Seth Williams that towards the end of the game, if Bo Nixon just – or Bo Nixon just hits him on the numbers, I mean, that's a touchdown. I mean, the fact that he had to die for the ball, that kind of kept them out of the end zone and Florida got that stop, that was huge for that game. Um, for me, after watching the performance from Bo Nix, what do you think he needs to accomplish not only in the bye week but leading up to this next game? Because, you know, in my honest opinion, I think that Joe Gatewood – probably should have got a shot just with interception after interception, how there's no consistency on the offense in the third and fourth quarter. Um, what do you think that Bo Nix not only just needs to accomplish, but assert himself so Bo, so Joey Gateway may you know, get a shot? I mean, do you see that you know in this uh, Arkansas game next week after the bye? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, I don't – so just based off my opinion, I don't think this is going to go to Gatewood. Um, based on everything that we heard out of fall camp. Right. Nix was miles ahead of, of how Gatewood looked, um, just running the offense in fall camp. It's, and you run a risky you run a risky deal if you you know pull your quarterback after one bad game or, right. or decrease the snaps after one bad game. Um, I really do think the only thing that Bo has to get better at this over the bye is just getting comfortable. Um, and again, I hate to go back to the cliche, but this was the first... I want to say true road game that Bo Nix really faced because if you look at the Texas A&M game they scored so early and quieted that crowd and when they beat Oregon it was a neutral site game Oregon didn't even have their band at the stadium and so uh, yeah it's really it, 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 he really just has to get comfortable <laughs> and I know it sounds so cliche to say but that was the most uncomfortable we've seen Bo Nix he, he was uncomfortable in the pocket gave up on plays before they were or before they really developed uh, and he missed a lot of throws that he had been hitting in the past I mean he lit it up against Mississippi State and so it's he really just has to get get back in rhythm get back comfortable because I mean they go to Arkansas next week but then the week after that you, know, you think they handled the swamp bad uh, you got LSU. <laughs> yeah, LSU is definitely a tough place to play. Josh, thank you for coming on and everything. We thank you for coming on. We appreciate that. Um, hey, man, listen, you know, you talked about you were at that Georgia-Notre Dame game. Matthew was at that game. He's sporting the Georgia shirt today. Uh, in 10 seconds or less, tell me how how crazy was that environment? It was something, I mean, I likened it to a race, the, uh, the pregame show in the fourth quarter lights it was it was one of the coolest environments i've ever been in objectively speaking that's awesome all right man we appreciate it you have fun with the high school coverage tonight here in the columbus area man (laughs) matthew i think that uh he hit the nail right on the head bonix has had really played a true road game that might have been his freshman moment um but yeah that's that's a tough place to play and then you got to go back on the road here soon and go play at lsu right and that's, I mean, just right as he said that, if you think about it, it's a true freshman going to the Swamp, one of the toughest places to play, college game day, coming off a big win against A&M on the road. So he's a freshman. He's bound to have those freshman games. You can't, like, 
I get it. It was a really bad game for them, mm-hmm. and the defense bailed them out time after time after time. But you got to expect it. He's mm-hmm. not just going to be Jesus out there. Not, oh, yeah. Not making <laughs> mistakes. Like, it's bound to happen. And so, you know, do I, do I think at some point during the game that Gatewood should have gotten a chance? Maybe. But I'm not going to fully, like, just push that to the yeah. side. Because yeah. I think in the long run that's going to give um, Bo Nick some confidence. The fact that he didn't take him out of the game and he has that confidence. Look, you're going to make mistakes, but I'm going to leave you in there, let you grow, make – let you make those freshman mistakes. I think that's going to help him in the long run. And the kid's got talent, too. Exactly. I mean, he's got a lot of talent. I think that over the season, and we saw this with Jake Fromm in his freshman year. Right. He had his freshman moment. But by that Rose that Bowl. At LSU. Yeah, we had, he had that, that Rose Bowl and all that. You know, by the time he got there, you're really not a freshman anymore. No. So the later they get in the season, Bo Nix is going to be better. Right. Auburn just has a very, very tough schedule. And having to play Florida and Georgia when you cross over to the SEC East, probably, mm-hmm. maybe possibly the best two teams in the SEC East. Right. And then you go back to the SEC West and you got to face the gauntlet of teams that run through the West. Well, it, re- it really helps that they had Georgia and Alabama at home. Because yeah. Auburn is one of the best home teams in the country. Mm-hmm. We saw that two years ago when they beat us in Alabama and went to the SEC Championship and played us. And fortunately, we won that game. But, yeah, fortunately, you know, Georgia won that but game. But it's still so impressive that they won those two games. I think that's going to be big for them. So if they get through that LSU game, watch out. It's going to be definitely interesting to see what they do. Um, I don't know. I mean, Bo Nix is going to have – it's going to be a make or break, you know. And yeah. if he gets through this gauntlet, that thing is going to go undefeated the rest of the way. I mean, I don't think anyone's expecting Because the talent is there. We yeah. saw what he did against A&M. So, we've seen the talent. It's just – I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, they had that freshman moment game. We'll see how he responds against Arkansas. I know they're not good, but just to see how he responds, I think that's going to be big for the rest of his season and leading up to LSU. We're going to shift focus now and talk about another game. Uh, we're going to get a guy on the line here just in a second. Okay. Um, Florida State, Clemson. Now, Florida State is a complete dumpster fire right now. They have nothing they going for them positively at all. No. I mean, at all. It's it's really bad down there. Willie Taggart is really struggling. Uh, everything from him saying that when Boise State came down to play in the state of Florida, that his team was not properly hydrated. Yeah. Now, quick geography lesson for everyone: Boise State is in Idaho, and Florida State <laughs> plays in Tallahassee, Florida. So, if your team, if you're the home team and you're not properly hydrated, and the team from Boise, Idaho, is hydrated, that's, that's bad. Just, it sounds opposite. It's that's just, bad. That's really bad. I mean, your your team was doing summer workouts outside in the dead heat all summer, and then leading up to the season, you're. I just don't. I've, I've never heard that excuse, especially never, yeah. from a team that lives in Florida. It's not good. It's no. not good. So we're gonna get Zach Blostein on the line. He is. Um, Covers uh, Florida State Seminole football and basketball and recruiting for 24-7 sports. Um, I know that's been something that they've kind of, you know, struggled with recently. Uh, exactly what does it look like and what, you know, do they kind of look like on this, you know, what are they going to do? <laughs> really, like, what, what's going to happen? Um, it's going to be definitely really interesting to see, though. Uh, Zach, welcome to the show, man. This is Bryce. Hey, what's going on? All right, Zach, so it's uh, myself and my co-host Matthew Lang here. We were just kind of introing this Florida State-Clemson game, but we know you cover recruiting and everything. Ever since, with the, with the talent level that's at Florida State right now and everything that's going on, what is trying to change on the recruiting front and try to bring Florida State back to where they used to be? Well, I think um, on that note, I think Florida State's trying to kind of almost replicate Clemson's style of recruiting where you know, they're telling their recruits, if you want to commit to us, that's great, but we don't want you taking visits, and that's kind of what Clemson built their brand on um, in recruiting, and Florida State's done the same this year. And, and today, they haven't had a decommitment, even with the, um, their struggles early on in the season. 
and Florida State goes up to Clemson, saw an article, really Taggart says, you know, we're going up there to win. And there's no doubt about it that you have to preach to your team that no matter if you're 5-0 and or if you're 0-5. Um, yeah. You know, they struggled to start off the season. That Boise State loss is something that stings for fans. Um, what what are the realistic chances for, for Florida State to go up there and just compete uh, against Clemson at Clemson? I think, I think the key is going to be them getting a pass rush and forcing uh, Trevor Lawrence to um, jump under pressure. Uh, I think, you know, talent-wise, they match up pretty well with Clemson. It's just they need to put it all together on the field. They haven't been able to do that for the past couple years, and that's why Clemson's just taken out um, that huge lead in the Atlantic and uh, the ACC nowadays. Um, but like you said, I think, I think uh, you know, Willis Haggard's, you know, trying to keep his team confident. Uh, even after last year, uh, they got blown out at home against the Tigers. So, uh, yeah, it's really going to be key. Just that defense needs to step up. They've had some struggles this year. Um, like you mentioned, the Boise State game, they fell apart in that game. Um, and so it's just going to be the key. Uh, they, need to, they need to keep that Clemson offense under control and uh, keep it manageable and, you know, in, in scoring distance so they can, you know, put them put, put themselves in the best position to win. I agree with you, man. Florida State's college football is better when Florida State's good. They're one of the blue bloods, the traditional powerhouses. So it's really uh, it's a tough thing to watch as a college football fan, as a person who loves Saturdays in the fall to not see uh, Florida State at that level. Uh, last question for you, man, and don't want you to speculate too much, but with the way that the tenure of Willie Taggart has gone, how short is that leash on him going the rest of the way? I think. Um, in my opinion, I think he's going to get at least another year just because I don't think Florida State is in the position to buy him out and hire another coach right now just as far as um, money-wise. Um, you know, but after that, I think he's on a short leash. You know, he needs to uh, – I think next year is going to be key because that's, you know, half of his roster with three recruit, or two recruiting classes in the fold. So he's going to – you know, he's going to need to show – All right, Zach. Well, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, that was Zach. I mean, I think that he he hit the nail right on the head. We, yeah. had, we had some good guests today. They, they hit right where we were, you and I were thinking pro, right. uh, pre-show and everything. And um, Yeah, I mean, Florida State has the talent. There's no doubt that the talent's there. Florida's one of the best uh, states for high school football talent exactly. out there. It's one of the top five states, in my opinion, maybe top three if you take Compete in Georgia. For a national championship. Exactly. And so you have Florida State that – won a national championship in 2013 which right. that was six years ago that's really weird to think about yeah. but they have a talented team i just i don't think they can get it done this week but to see them be competitive that would be a lot of fun it's a rivalry game so i don't know what the spread on the game is but i'm sure it's really high i'm sure everybody's expecting a blowout it really wouldn't surprise me <clears throat> and after seeing the north carolina game with clemson last week i'm interested to see how clemson's going to respond but i I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Um, I think it really just depends on the defense, how well they do controlling Trevor Lawrence. I think after seeing a couple of these games, I think the main thing you have to do when facing Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, you got to get pressure on him. Yeah. And if you give him all day to throw, he's going to rip you apart, play zone cover. Like, you got to mix up blitz packages. And I think if they do that and the offense executes and Cam Akers gets some running room, he's, he's good. good. Yeah. 
And <clears throat> I think they'll be able to do well in that matchup. I really do. I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win. <laughs> but as far as covering the spread, maybe they can do something. But I think, I mean, I'd be surprised if they just let them rip them apart. Traditional rivalry game, Florida yeah. State-Clemson. I'm interested to see how they're going to respond. And you know those seniors that have known what it was used to be like, you know, at their very freshman year, right. their redshirt seniors five years back. They know what it was like, and they're going to be able to kind of play with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in 30 seconds to talk about – we'll we'll talk about about the LSU-Florida game just a little bit, but then we got to go into a little bit about the MLB postseason and why fans here in the state of Georgia, (laughs) why you might need to go on depression medication. We'll be back, though, right after that. All right, Matthew, we're back. We talked about a little bit about um, college football, what happening, what's happening, not what happening. We talked a little bit about what's happening in college football. I'm just going to tell you one thing. I'm just glad college football is going on. Yeah, and that Georgia's doing well so far. And Georgia's doing well. Um, it's interesting. we got a loaded weekend because if it wasn't for this weekend and how the, the, the slate for this weekend, I mean, I think you have a game in every single time slot that you, yeah. that's must-watch TV. Right. But you have all those games ready to go. Because it's not like I wanted to watch the NLCS or anything. Um, the Braves. Wednesday night, winner take all. We could probably go back to game one and talk about what should have happened. You were there. You were in the stadium. First off, for two and a half, for two and a half innings. <laughs> Tell me the pregame hype of what was happening in that stadium before 10 runs were put on the board by the Cardinals. The crowd was – it was electric. I mean, the, I'm not going to get into the whole tomahawk chop and have the, another – stump. I mean – It's dumb. I, I think it's dumb. It's I'm a not, weak move by an organization. And I can't believe that they actually didn't put him out. Like, whatever. It doesn't matter. But the crowd was electric. You could tell that fans were really excited. And – Personally, I mean, I didn't really feel good leading up to the game just because it's Jack Clarity. And yeah, we got three runs off him last time, and we won. But Fulty also pitched the game of his life. Yeah, he did. And so I was expecting to see how he would control his emotions, how he would control the ball, and how his command would be. And right when he walked Dexter Fowler to lead off the game, I was like, this could potentially be terrible. And so and it was. Cole Wong would sacrifice bunt. We're on second one. I'm like, okay, we can get out of this. 
and then just hit after hit after error. hit. And error, like, for Freddie error. Freeman missing that double play and us getting out of that inning 1-0, that killed us. And I'm not bashing Freddie Freeman because he was the best player, along with Ron Acuna, the entire year. We would have never been here without Freddie Freeman. I'm not bashing Freddie mm-hmm. Freeman. But you have to make those plays in the yeah. postseason. And I could go on and on about how we left runners in scoring position, Ronald Acuna at third with no outs, and game four. Like, you have to you have to get through with those because yeah. one-run game, you're on the road, game four. If you don't close it out, you're going to lose the game. And they ended up doing it because they left bases loaded in the sixth and seventh inning. Then Acuna on third with no outs. You have to play small ball in those situations. You have to put a good swing on the ball. You can't just try and hit a home run or put a regular swing, widen your stance, and you got to get the ball to the outfield. And we saw the Cardinals do that in game yeah. three at the very beginning of the game with Molina moving the runner over and then Matt Carpenter hitting a sack fly. You have to play smart baseball. And so when you don't do those things and you're playing an experienced game like the Cardinals, it's going to bite you in the butt and ended up happening. You and I talked. You were on the way home from the game. And uh, Matthew actually said, hey, man, i got a ticket for you if you want to go. It'll cost X amount of dollars. Um, and then me living about us, I was like, I just don't think I'm gonna be able to make that make that drive right Smart now. Smart move. Smart move. In hindsight, <laughs> it was the best 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 decision I made all week. But you talk about, you know, when you don't win game four. People don't think about this a lot, but when you play game five, all the pressure's on the home team because right. the crowd's there, it's rocking. The fact that the crowd was taken out in literally half an inning. I mean, before before Ronald Acuna comes to the plate in the bottom of the first, it's over. It really is I mean, over. And you and you never want to yeah. say because there's been crazy comebacks in the past of what's happened. But when you score ten runs in the top of the first inning, it's, I mean, it's it's it does more than just look at you look at that and you're like, ten runs, ten runs. You suck all the confidence and energy out of those players, and I, I'm not gonna say they they gave up because we've seen crazy stuff by the Braves, and you know last year we saw that was it the eight inning comeback or yep. the eight run comeback in the ninth. Mm-hmm. It was a Marlins, so completely different team. Yeah. But we've seen that relentless effort, but. Ten runs against a the best pitcher in Major League Baseball in the second half of the season. I mean, you're just not gonna have the the best confidence. Once again, it's not the Marlins. It's not the Marlins, yeah. and Cardinals have one of the best bullpens in baseball. And you're facing Jack Flaherty, so I think they put themselves in too big of a hole. And I mean, it happens. It just happened in the worst possible game that it could possibly have it in. But moving on, I mean, you got you got to resign Donaldson, in my opinion. I mean, unless you want to let Austin Riley develop at third, you know, make the – make I wouldn't say make the mistakes, but let him develop over there. But I would like to see them re-sign Josh Allison. Yep. And then I would like to see them go get a top-tier pitcher. I'm not saying – I would love to see Garrett Cole. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I think, I think even if you handed him a blank <clears> check, he's going to be like, I'm going to go to New York. And that's just I, that's because, what guess think. what? The Yankees are good. Yeah, and yeah. if we do pay for him, we will have no money to get anything else. Yeah. I mean, he will literally take up our entire payroll. But – but I love to see him. Absolutely. And he would also hinder the ability to re-up some of these guys yeah. later on. Obviously, saw the Braves spent some of that money right. to, you know, re-sign Ronald Acuna, to right. re-sign Ozzy Albies to team-friendly contracts. But now, if you spend all that money on a Garrett Cole, which I'm not saying we don't need one, right? but if you spend all the money to get Garrett Cole, then you look at guys who are, you know, system, Soroka, Freed, guys that you might not be able to re-up that could get away. Right. I think they're going to have to short the rotation. I think we saw that. I think Mike Soroka is no doubt – an unreal pitcher. He's he is an ace. He's he's the ace of the staff. Dallas Keuchel, and looking back at what he did for the Braves, 
Um, I love what he did. I mean, he is definitely not the Dallas Keuchel of the 2015 Cy Young Award winner, and that's right. okay. But he was a ground ball machine. Right. Um, the guys that hit home runs off of him, Paul Goldschmidt's a top three first baseman in, right. in baseball, and Marcel Zuna is one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now. And that's just going to happen. You're going to run into buzzsaws. Huh? You're going to run into buzzsaws sometime. And that's what you know. We found personally. I think the Cardinals lineup. Um, isn't as dangerous as the, as the Braves on paper, but that's why you play the games. And the Cardinals came on top three to two. Uh, it, it hurts. It definitely hurts for Braves fans. The whole I Georgia think we're curse. We're about to see the worst possible postseason we could imagine. Us losing and choking that series away, and then the Washington Nationals going. I think they're going to the World Series. We're going to take a look at the bracket real quick. So I got the bracket up. People okay. can see this. So this was the bracket two weeks ago when I did a show or a week and a half ago, previewing what I thought would happen. Now, I'll go back through what I thought was going to happen. I thought the Rays were going to beat the A's. Got that I right. I that as well. Then I thought the ALCS was going to be Astros-Yankees. That is what it ended up matching to be. But the Astros didn't have an easy easy road. The Rays, I'll be honest with you, if the Rays would have won that, I think all of baseball should have cheered for them to win the World Series. That would have been awesome to see. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It would have been awesome. And it probably would have just made the easiest road ever for the Yankees to win the World Series. (laughs) So the American (laughs) League had that, you know, that's chalked up, chalked out. The National League is where my bracket just went bad. I had Braves, Dodgers. I, Are you I, more I surprised that the Braves lost or the Dodgers lost? The Dodgers. I think everybody was expecting them in the World Series because no matter what, I think everybody's expecting the Braves to make it to the NLCS, but I think most fans, but mostly Braves fans, like, we're trying to get the NLCS and then the Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers. Yep. But to see the team like the Nationals, who – have the best one, two, three besides the Astros in the playoffs with Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin. But their bullpen's terrible. I mean, I think, where are they carrying? Four or five relief pitchers? I mean, that's how short they are in the bullpen. And so most people were probably, I mean, I knew the Nationals would hang with them offensively, Mm -hmm. but pitching, I mean, once Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin came out in their respective games when they were starting, you know, if they weren't going seven innings, it wasn't going to be a tight game. So the fact that they were down 3-0 and made a comeback and the go-ahead grand slam, that was insane by Howie Kendrick. So I think they're going to move ahead in the Cardinals series. Cardinals bats, besides Azuna and Goldschmidt, was a very impressive. I mean, you you're going you might have Yadier Molina come to clutch situation. You right. might have Tommy Edmond, who really was a bright spot for that team later in the second right. half of the season. I think he's going to develop into a pretty good young utility guy. Um but, yeah, it, it stinks for the Cardinals. And I'll ask you this one thing before we go into comfortable predictions for this weekend. The people taking a look at the bracket, they see that the Braves are not moving on. Right. Is this worse than the Falcons' 28-3 no. loss? And I'll give you this. Last On Wednesday, when the Braves lost, it was two years, eight months, and three days to the date that the Falcons blew the Super Bowl. I have not heard that. That's Illuminati right there. <laughs> Two years, eight days. I'm sorry, eight months and three days. And I Falcons blew a 28 It takes some significant effort to lose a 25-point lead in the fourth quarter. Like, that takes effort. You have to do some things wrong <laughs> to lose that game. It's like making to a, us passing the ball a, less a, less a, a sub-one GPA. You I mean, have to try to be that bad. Th- that's what I'm saying. And, like, the fact that they were passing the ball, I'm mm-hmm. – we, we've all heard that. I don't need yeah. to, I mean, y'all have all heard the whole story, but to see his pass the ball with four, like, you have to try to lose that game. But moving on, moving on. Moving on. There's always next year. <clears throat> the Atlanta Hawks tipped off in their 0-2 in the preseason. So, Go Lakers. 
Yeah, you're a Lakers <laughs> fan. All right, we're going to move into some college football picks now. Uh, Matthew Lang here, obviously rocking <clears throat> the Georgia shirt. I'm going to give you a couple games. You give me your pick and a quick, quick little 30-second little blip on why you think they're going to win. Okay. First off, we'll start off with Clemson, Florida State. Clemson, they're Clemson. I think they're going to bounce back from that awful win against North Carolina. I think you're going to see Trevor Lawrence make some adjustments. I think you're going to see him get the ball to T. Higgins and Justin Ross. And I, th- I don't think they're going to blow him out, but I think they win by three touchdowns. I think they bounce back. The defense is the thing I'm interested to see how they bounce back. I think the offense didn't look bad, didn't look good. I know Trevor Lawrence threw some picks. He didn't look great at all, but just after that whole defensive line left, I think they're trying to establish a new blueprint as far as who's going to be the leader on that defense now. Yeah. Um, but I think they're going to win pretty handedly. All right, another one for you. We're going to go over to Texas, Dallas, Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma, Texas, the Red River rivalry. Who is coming out on top? We really didn't talk about this game. I'll let you talk about it a little bit. Right. I mean, you have Jalen Hurts, which to me, and I was uh, talking on the radio Thursday morning uh, on a show, and I was like, you know, if there's one guy that you want to see succeed, it's honestly him. He didn't leave. I and, love and He didn't leave when he didn't get his way. He stayed there, and he was rewarded for it with that SEC championship performance right. last last year. He comes in, transfers from Alabama, goes to Oklahoma, and I mean, the guy has just he's almost put himself on the radar for NFL scouts. I mean, he really has. Like, I, I don't know if necessarily last year NFL scouts were like, yeah, he might be a maybe a late-round flyer. But this guy, and I'm not saying he's going to be the first quarterback taken in the right. draft, but this guy's put himself on the radar. He'll, he'll get a shot. He's working his butt off. And, I mean, I've seen two different videos where after a game he was working out. I'm like, I'm like what is he this? He plays 60 minutes of football, and then you're going to go. He goes to work out in the weight. I'm like, this is great. He he wants to win. And it's not like he's on the elliptical <clears throat> either. Let's don't get this. No, he's not. He's not. not. Yeah. So I'm throwing a medicine ball, like doing that. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so you see the work ethic is there, and that win-win mentality mm-hmm. is there. And that obviously comes from saving at Alabama. Yep. And I, I think Oklahoma's going to win. I, after, I, every time I see a team trash talk and somebody like Jalen Hurts – receiving that, I just feel like he's going to go for 350 yards passing, four touchdowns, and 120 rushing yards, and I just think he's going to go off. Yeah. I think Texas is a good team. I think Tom Herman is making leaps and bounds as far as developing oh, yeah. that team. So, Sam Ellinger really doing a nice job as controlling that offense. I think they play well against LSU. Um, I don't think they'll get blown out by no, I don't think they're going to get blown yeah. out, but I, I see Oklahoma. That offense is unreal. I think he's doing a great job. I think that system is perfect. I think he is the perfect coach to develop him, just like Lincoln Riley did with Baker Mayfield, and you see how Baker Mayfield's doing without Lincoln Riley now. So I think Lincoln Riley has a lot to do with it, but I, I don't see uh, Texas keeping up with that offense um, with Jalen Hurts and then that wide receiving court. Um, I think they're going to be dangerous. I think they're going to win the Big 12. They're going to be in the playoff. But uh, – I think Texas keep it, keeps it close, but I'm going to take Oklahoma to win the game. All right, the final game, college game day is there this weekend. I think it's an 8 p.m. kickoff, <clears throat> Baton Rouge, Death Valley. It is going to be an, a real atmosphere. Tickets are astronomical. Contrast I mean, is probably already having unreal. nightmares. Unreal. Yeah, contrast, <laughs> quarterback for Florida is having nightmares. Florida LSU, this is where college game day is, the game of the week. Uh, you have some other cool games going on that we didn't mention. I think yeah. Iowa-Penn State. But that's you that's know, gonna, that, be, a that's gonna be a good game. I was gonna upset. Just a quick little. Upset. I was gonna upset. I was gonna upset Penn State. All right. Coming off loss against Michigan, tough loss. They're gonna win at home against Penn State. There's my upset. I like that. I like that. I was gonna upset Penn State. When we come back down to SEC country, 
Listen, LSU has done a fantastic job. Year in and year out, we say about this LSU team, oh, is the offense there this year? Right. Is it there? Joe Burrow comes in last year. Everyone's like, who's this kid from Ohio State? This kid transfers in. And get what he does? He shuts Changing up Georgia. Changing the offense was the perfect thing for him. That, that pro-style offense, so glad they finally got rid of that. Because, I mean, it was so vanilla last year. I don't think Joe Burrow was able to showcase his talent. But now spreading the offense out, running the spread, he is turning into a top-tier quarterback in college football. I think that was the best move they made. And now you see, okay, not only can they hang with Bama, they can beat Bama. I think a lot of people are interested to see how they're going to I, – I think this is the first year in a while where Alabama's not the lock to win the West. I think it's wide open. Mm-hmm. Even though Auburn's on a loss, their defense is the best in the country. I think they can hang with LSU in that aspect. Um, but Auburn's offense is going to play perfect in order to win that game. But yeah. going back to LSU – I think this is the best team they've had in a while. Defense is not as strong. Um, neither is Bama's, which is why I think that game is going to be so good. But that offense looks incredible. And Flores' offense is atrocious. I think the only reason they won that game is because Bo Nix had the worst game of his life. Yeah. Had his freshman moment game. Do I think Florida's a good team? Absolutely. But I don't think they're a top-10 team. They're not a top-10 team. That offense is horrible. And 8 o'clock, Death Valley – Kyle Trask has just not seen anything like this. I think LSU covers the spread, 13-and-a-half, and they beat them by 17 or 20. It's going to be an unreal environment. I mean, LSU is a fun it's gonna place to watch a game. It's going to seem big. Seven-versus-five matchup. I think LSU is going to beat the Braves off. Joe Burrow in that defense – or Joe Burrow in the office of Shea, and then the defense for LSU is just going to suffocate Kyle mm-hmm. Trask in the, in the Florida Gators offense. I think Florida starts off slow. I think – LSU gets about two touchdowns quick, and their, then their they take care of it. Their defense is going to keep them in the game. Yeah. But – You can't keep – a good de- – it doesn't matter how good your <clears> defense <throat> is if you can't get off the field in third downs, which a lot of teams in college football and, and the NFL yeah. have trouble with. Your defense is going to tire and tire. And third quarter in Baton Rouge, it's still going to be hot down there. <laughs> I, I don't see Florida having sustainable drives. I think they're going to have to have some explosive plays. I don't see them running the ball eight yards, ten yards, having a four-minute – I think they're going to have to have some explosive plays in order to stay in the game. And if that doesn't happen, it's going to be a long day for Florida. And he's not just saying that, folks, because he's got the Georgia on his, on yeah, his chest I, I right you, there. Yeah, I promise, promise you. you. But that's our prediction. If you if we're completely wrong, come back next week and, so just, and, and just tell us how wrong we are. We welcome that. We want to hear from you. I know we had Ralph Leary watching. He said, go Hawks. You know, NBA is about to kick off. I'm so pumped for the NBA. I'm really You and about seven other people. If- in if Anthony Davis and LeBron stay healthy for the entire year, watch out. But if one of them gets injured, now nah, I'm just going to go be a Hawks fan for the rest of the year, I guess. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. We thank you for watching YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us on all of those. We're on SoundCloud as well. If you're watching, we want to thank you. If you're listening in the car on the way to one of these games, we want to thank you for listening as well. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe. You can follow Matthew Lang. Is it Matty Ice on Twitter? Something I'm like sure. That. I don't know. Matty Ice, then, then random, random digits. <laughs> and then uh, obviously follow the crowded booth. It's Matthew Lang, Bryce Coon. We want to thank you for watching, Matthew. Conference ball, we're in conference play. It's about to be a lot of fun. Best time of the year. Best time, Best of, the time of the year. We want to thank you for watching.